Blessed and highly favored, it is the High Vise Podcast. Thank you for coming here and listening. This is episode one. I've gone through a lot of things in my life that I feel like a lot of people can also relate to. Um, I'm not necessarily here to provide a blueprint, but me sharing my blueprint, hopefully in some form or way, help you to encourage you really intentionally building yours. And you probably gonna hear me say intentional a lot uh, because I live my life intentionally. Now, what does that mean to eventually live your life intentionally? Well, which means that I create my life my experiences are my experiences, and it's up to me to either use it to destroy me or use it to build me. And at the same time, for the past 10 years of self-bastery, before those 10 years, I was a sad, depressed kid, which is ironic because I was a class clown in my high school. I was a class cloud in elementary school. I was a class cloud in middle school. But it's ironic that the class clown is also depressed. Well, now you look back and you see a lot of people living double lives. Comedians, first person that actually comes to mind is Robin Williams. I love Robin Williams. Jack, oh my gosh, Jack, that movie. It's so underrated. But Jack, Jabaji, whatever, Robert Williams is part of my childhood. They made me happy. He made a lot of people happy. But then, he was so good at making other people happy, but he wasn't happy himself. He, he got into drugs, alcohol, right? Essentially numbing the pain, avoiding the pain think about something else because you just avoid that's what a lot of people have got really really good at is to just avoid the avoidance I like this thing that I learned in psychology which is the um, exposure therapy and it's like that like I just I often think about that we expose ourselves. I often think about whatever happens, and if it's not so good, lean in. Why lean in? It's because if you don't deal with the pain now, it's going to show up in a different form later. As a matter of fact, if you actually do not deal with that pain, and you just keep stuffing it inside, and you get really, really good at stuffing it inside, that will actually turn into dis-ease. It's science already. It's facts. It's proven. High vibes, man, just vibes. <laughs> vibes higher. But the thing is, how do we even get to a place that you feel like you're constantly on good vibrations and good vibes? Well, I think just going back to being intentional, when you're focused on building little blocks, 
of the day, the little by little moments and good moments, eventually those good moments will become good hours, good days, good weeks, good months, good vibrations, good vibes. You know, being that vibe because you're completely aware what it's like to feel good. So when you know you don't feel good, you you already are aware of it. So it sits in your in the pit of your stomach. Like you don't know what this is. You don't like this. But we're gonna get to some questions. What do people misunderstand about you? A little Q and A. What do mis- people misunderstand about me? A lot, I feel like. Um, but I don't really seek to be understood. But at the same time, me following my own path and journey, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to relate to people. So what do people misunderstand about me? I think when we go first appearance, the stereotypical appearance, you know, I'm about 5'8", 5'9", maybe with some shoes. I'm 200 pounds, and I got some muscle on me. Two half sleeves tatted, backs tatted, a lot of, you know, there's, there's some misconceptions or maybe some stereotypes of maybe what I, I may appear and what I look like. But at the same time, all those are okay because that what we now learn is stereotypes are actually part of your mind's defense mechanism. Where it becomes ignorance is when you believe those stereotypes without knowing that person, without talking to that person. That's where you cross the line of ignorance. But regardless, all I got to do is be me and I know I'm a good person. And so I just stay a a good person. Eventually people do see that. But what they misunderstand about me, I guess going more in depth, is I guess that I genuinely care. Like, if I ask you, how are you? And if you have the courage to tell me, actually, no, I'm not doing so well. Then I genuinely care on what's going on, whether it's a stranger and especially my friends and family. So I genuinely care because I feel like our sole responsibility, you know, my shout out to my friend, Maddie, she taught me this, but our only job, our one single job is to raise our vibrations and is to feel good. Because when you feel good, you do good things. When you do good things, you attract more good things. When more good things come, you become grateful. When you're grateful, you're living a great life. So when I see a person that's not doing well, if I can impact in some form or way to help them feel better, to make them feel better, then I'll do it if they let me. But at the same time, a lot of people, it's like, I'm fine. I'm good. Actually, I'm fine, right? I'm fine is actually the big F-bomb that we don't really speak about. But it's a bigger F-bomb than the actual curse word. But fine is, no, you're not fine. Like, it's okay not to be okay, for one. And... When we simplify things, it tends to become just a little bit easier. Like, nothing's really easy, but it is simple. When we break it down into steps, when we break into problem-solving plans, like, why don't you feel well? Well, I 
I'm having relationship problems. It's like, okay, what is going on in your relationship that you would like to improve? Well, I would li- I feel like my partner doesn't communicate well with me. I was like, okay, that's fair. So what can you do then? Have you expressed this to him and not and, and not argue and, and, and bark at him, but have you expressed that when you aren't able to communicate the way you want to, that it makes you feel some type of way and you don't feel heard, right? But a lot of people, it's like they're scared of the hard, conver- the hard conversations. They're scared of that vulnerability to be vulnerable. Well, vul- vulnerability builds intimacy. You know, and at the same time, you know, when you when this if this is a partner, right? I'm I'm clearly speaking of an example, but if this is a partner, then that partner should be that person who would want to sit down and work things out with you because it is never between you and them. There is a problem. You guys are in a team. It's you and them versus the problem. It's not a fight. That's why I don't at this point people say like, oh, you'd be great at debates. I don't I don't like debates. Debates and arguments, essentially, but I guess debate is a little more cordial. But let's say debates, it just it just shows who is right. I don't need to, to know who is right. I need to find out what is right. But when we find out what is right together, then we find a common solution. Because it's not us, right? Yeah, you guys may be fighting and you might have lost track of what even the problem is because a lot of times the small problems are actually disguised into bigger problems. But the small problems just allows you to, to go a little, to let off, to go off on that smaller problem when it's really in disguise with that bigger problem. It's just like I said, part of the avoidance, right? But if we speak about it, we actually express it, a well-expressed intention. What is a well-expressed intention? It's when you express yourselves with the intention of just feeling good, saying what's good, doing the right things, getting to the bottom of the of whatever it is. But essentially, when you tell people what your problem is, you are showing them a boundary. So if you don't speak up for yourself, how are you supposed to have a boundary? Right? So we speak well-expressed intention. What is the problem? How can we get through it? What is the solution? And then we speak. But a lot of people, it becomes a yelling match. Then when it becomes a yelling match, people tend to think that the louder they are, the more correct they are. Which makes no sense. It just becomes a yelling match. No one is hearing anyone. A lot of people is hearing each other, but no one is listening. So take a deep breath, talk it out, and speak. One of two things are going to happen. You say your problems, and you both fix it together. You say your problems, and he doesn't care, or they don't care, which shows you what you deserve and what you need and want from a partner. Because do you want someone who doesn't listen to you and doesn't take your your feelings into consideration? No. So at this point, if we just can just stop and remember that I am trying to get to the bottom of the problem, that you are not the problem, 
then I think we are just a little better off. So, what do most people misunderstand about you? I genuinely care. But like I said, they have to let me in first. And that's why I now ask, how are you? Rather than just saying, hello, hi. Because the power of how are you, you don't know. Because here's the thing. If you are having a stranger tell you that they have a problem, then it's because it's easier for us to tell our problems to a stranger because we feel like we probably won't see that stranger again. We don't usually go to the people that we know and care about because whether we feel like we're going to get judged, we feel like they might not care, we feel like that they're too busy, you know, we feel like they might think that you're overreacting, whatever it is, you care something about it. So sometimes when a stranger just asks, how are you, you're more inclined to be like, oh man, it's been a long day. I was like, oh man, you good? It's like, actually, you know? And I found that out a lot working, you know, as a general manager at the gym, because it was such an intimate setting that it allowed me to just have a one-on-one every sign-up. And being and having the, the history I have and 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 in the I guess the weight trans the transformation that I have, you know, like I know the power of fitness. So when the person comes down in my office, it just became a therapy session. I had, you know, single moms coming in and telling me their problems about their their, their significant others. I have people tell me about their suicide attempts. I have people telling me about deaths in their family and how they're coping. I have people sharing with me how they're tired of being the strong one that everyone, like the most deepest personal things that you wouldn't really just tell a stranger. But I was able to provide that space and I was able to earn the right for them to let me in because I genuinely cared. So that's the best thing I took out of that job is that I love that one-on-one interaction and I love just speaking things out with people. I'm not saying I have all the answers. I have. I am saying that most of people are focusing on the problems rather than the solution. And I'm a solutions guy. If there's a problem, there's a problem. But what's the solution? What can we do? How can we fix it? Is it is it done? Is it absolute? So one of my, it made me just think of one of my favorite phrase as of recent. Um, currently reading the book, um, the Ferrari, oh, the monk, the soulless Ferrari. But it was saying there is no such thing as an objective world. The real world is not absolute. Your greatest enemy might be my greatest friend. Your worst opportunity, your worst circumstances that's going on with you might be seeds of opportunity for me. So it, it's all dualism, right? It's, it's just seeing the both, it, both things, whether you're always seeing glass half full because most people see a glass half empty. But it's all in what we're focusing on. So I like that question.
what do people misunderstand about you? Because there is a lot. I mean, people doesn't. People also don't understand why I get so passionate about things. But it's not even just like passionate. I am obsessed. I don't want just want to be passionate because when you're obsessed about something, you're gonna see it through. It is important for you. It's funny because I also learned, you know, the root word of passion, which is to suffer. So I find that very, very interesting because if you say you're passionate about something, you're passionately in love or whatever you're passionate about, it means you're willing to suffer for it. You know, the root word is to suffer, passion. So I am, so yeah, I am passionate, but I'm also obsessed. But here's, here's what people begin to, I guess, get confused or no longer understand me is because when you go from passionate to obsessed, now you're crazy. You know, a lot of people will, will commend you. It's like, oh, man, he's so motivated. He's so passionate. That's a lot of passion. But then when you're not obsessed about your specific craft, going all in about it, literally focus, tunnel vision, and you're obsessed and, you, and nothing else matters, now you're crazy. And people now begin to discredit you. And I was like, oh, man, that guy's crazy. The same people are commending you for being so passionate. Now that you're obsessed. People are saying, it's like, oh, man, that guy's crazy. That person's crazy. I don't know. They're obsessed. They're obsessed. It's sick. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's like, okay, well, what, what is healthy? That's another nice question. But so don't even seek to be understood either because constant self-development, constant self-mastery, you will continuously find ways and ways and ways of how to be successful. All the gurus and the legends, all the authors, the speakers, the philosophers, they've all come up their own ways, refined them, they have their own versions of all the steps, how to become successful, how to live the happy life. But here's what I have found out, though. There's only one way to fail. And I got this from Les Brown. There's actually only one way to fail, to guaranteed failure. And that is pleasing everyone so please you start with you start with self your only job is to feel good when you feel good you do good things great things come happen great things happen from good things so just feel good whatever that is take time to take care of yourself take take time to 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 reflect and grow Take time to take care of your body. Take care of your body. It's the only thing you'll ever have. It's ironic that so many wealthy, rich people on their deathbed, they cannot, they don't have all the money in the world to buy them health. It's because you've essentially sold it with what you have, but regardless, we forget that this body is the thing that keeps us going. This body is what gets us to work. This body is what gets us to follow our dreams. It's just this body, nothing else. So take care of it. Move. You don't. You don't have to to be a a, a bodybuilder or a crazy competitor. Literally take walks from walks to runs. Go to the gym. Take some classes. Do yoga. Stretch. Any activity. Grow, move, take care of your body because it will take care of you.
but as far as first episode goes, I think we're pretty solid here. High Vibes Podcast. Can't wait to speak to you some more. Love you all. God bless.